We're waiting to hear if our route manager, Rachel Cox, has been elected as Nankaroo's community councillor for Plaid. Oh, shh, shh, they're about to announce the winner. Fingers crossed. Cox, Rachel, Eloise, Plaid Cymru, the Party of Wales, 63. Fwedeg, 3. Sarah, Caroline, Independent, 44. Pedro, Pedro. The total number of ballot papers rejected was 2. And I do hereby declare that the said Rachel Eloise Cox is junior. Wow, Rachel, congratulations. Tell us how we got to this point. I stood for community councillor. Um, I had to do some campaigning um, around my my local community uh, to get the votes and um, I did find out that then I won. How did it feel to win? I would like to say I was overjoyed but I think I was too nervous <laughs> to um, go that. It, it, I went to the camp so um, you, you get an invite um, and you're allowed to take someone with you so I took my sister um, and you actually can stand um, in front of the table while they're counting out the votes. Um, so obviously not only if you've ever stood, I suppose, or if you've ever been a counter, would you know how, how it runs? Um, so, uh, yeah, I had to stand. Well, I didn't have to, but I did stand in front of the table and saw the counts come out. Um, that was nerve wracking. Uh, I thought I would be OK, but I think professionally you get used to things and this just felt very personal. So um, seeing the, the count come out and then I was able to... Um, see the results it, it wasn't obvious to me at the time whether I had won or uh, the other candidate had won and um, so I had to wait until the final end to give a good guess of we either of us won um I did win win there was uh 63 votes to me and 44 to the other candidate so uh then I had to go up on the stage then while they announced that so um news I was nervous, but um, obviously very humbled that people actually came out and voted for me. So that was lovely. How lovely. It must have been an incredible feeling, although I can understand the nerves, especially when people are counting the things in front of you. My God. <laughs> yeah, you, you try to count as they're doing it, but I think my <laughs> mind was just a boggle by then and I, I, I couldn't even count to five, I don't think. <laughs> oh, bless you. Um, so what made you want to stand for the local council in the first place? Okay, um, back in February 2020, um, Nangaro, where I live, we had a devastating flood. Um, my whole village basically had anything between three and seven foot of water from the river into their houses. So um, our community was basically split up and had to go you know different directions find place to live um I, but I, I managed to get to know people it's quite strange how you can I've lived here for 24 years but how you just say hi to someone and just walk past you don't you only actually know their faces you don't know them so in that time I managed to um do lots of things with the other neighbours um we were sharing a lot of of things that have been donated and um, we were obviously all cleaning out of the houses and trying to help each other so I managed to sort of get to know a lot of my neighbours through that and I found that we didn't have a, a community councillor um there was since we've come back it's it's felt a little different I think um whereas you know each other more now you're realizing that I don't know the traffic 
um, is a problem for more than just me. It's 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 a problem for the other residents. Um, some residents are going through antisocial behaviour um, on days and stuff like that. So you get to know you get to know that we all have the same gripes, if you like, and and there wasn't anyone there to tell. Um, so I thought if we're going to get something done, why not me? That's fab though, isn't it? Because you develop those relationships and you and you get a really good understanding of what the needs are of the community. So it could be, it could be that somebody could be elected and just be really out of touch with everything, but you've got that personal connection to people as well. So that's really lovely. Yeah, I see it as I'm here now to serve them. So hopefully they'll be kind and, and not get me too too much to do. But um, yeah, I, I think someone we needed someone just to serve the community and know what we needed really. And why did you stand for Plaid Cymru in particular? Um, again, this goes back to the flooding. I think every, everything goes back to the flooding in our area at the moment. Um, after the after the flooding, um, there was uh, an election um, coming up. Um, we'd moved back in then, so it must have been the following. We moved back into our... It was the February, the flood. We moved back in in November. So I think it must have been the following May that there was an election coming up. And um, I met um, a lady called Helith Fuchan. She was standing for the Senate. Uh, she was Plaid Cymru and she was actually the councillor up in Pontypridd. Now Pontypridd had had the devastating floods exactly the same. And um, she was obviously coming to our store because she wanted votes. Um, but I managed to find out how much she was trying to do f around the floods and for the, the people who've had no insurance, the people who had no answers. And um, she was arguing for um, an independent inquiry, which is something that uh, Welsh Government didn't want to do. Um, so from there, I became quite friends because we'd have had uh, flood meetings and things like that. And she came to me and said, Nankaro needs a community councillor. To some, someone to be able to go forward for what Nant Garo needs. So um, that's how I came. I'd never seen myself as political before. Um, then I realised that everything in life is probably comes down to being political because if we don't get the right people there to help us, we can't do anything. So um, yeah, it, it, I always thought, oh, Plaid, I'm not a Welsh speaker, <laughs> the way I'm Welsh, um, you know, maybe I wouldn't fit in. And I've met many of the Plaid councillors now, um, now they've been elected. And, wow, a lot of them just, just want to do what's best for their communities. And that's what I really liked about them. They cared about the, the people in their communities. That's amazing. It makes such a difference, doesn't it, when you've got people who genuinely, genuinely care about what they do in. Yeah. And what sort of issues will you be focusing on when you're in the community council officially in? <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, there's, there's obviously a number of things which we're trying to try to work through. But I, I suppose like most communities um, where we live, um, there is a traffic issue. Um, so we need to do something about that. There is, um, it's, it is still a 30 mile an hour road. Um, and we have a lot of lorries because we're by uh, an industrial estate. Um, so we need calming, uh, traffic calming measures in place. So that's something I would have to go forward to with regards to RCT Council and see if anything can be done with regards to just the stretch that's in front of the village, really. Um, 
litter as usual. I think that's always when we have a recycling centre on the estate. And unfortunately, I mean, no fault of their own, but unfortunately, re recycling does happen to escape and fly everywhere. So we always have a, a, a litter issue, um, which a lot of the residents in Fairness go out and try and pick up the, the, the litter that's escaped um, and try and pick them up. Anti-social behaviour, we have a little bit, but it's it's not from our village. Um, because we have a college and because we have um, a cinema complex and things like that, um, our little park we have seems to be um, an area where um, young people want to congregate. Um, most of the time it's not an issue, uh, but sometimes it is an issue. So um, I'm hoping to be able to do like that, probably just working with the college with that um, and see what can be done um, and what we can do for them, because I'm sure there's a few things that the community could probably do for them as well. Um, so, yeah, those are the sort of the, the most things, uh, all the parks, lanes, stuff like that, just trying to tidy it up so we can have a bit of pride in the area, really, um, because I think we're all trying to, we, we've all sort of looked around our community more now since coming back because we all had to move out of uh, Nangaru. So coming back with fresh eyes, I think a lot of people are seeing more and more things that they'd like to see done now. How does it feel to, make, to know that you're making a difference to people's lives and benefiting your community in that way? Well, not that I've done it much at the moment, although I am hoping to. Um, hopefully I can get changes put in place and they can see that, which I'm hoping then that I can have pride in seeing that other pri people have pride in their, in their area. So I'm hoping that that's something. Also, I'm hoping that I can get to know the vulnerable people in the area to be able to give that a little bit more support. Um, and things like the night of the flood happened, you know, not many people knew where the vulnerable people were. Um, luckily, somebody did down the road and managed to break in and, and get her upstairs. But, you know, there's, there's certain situations where we really need to have organised for our area and a flood group is one of them. Um, so I suppose really for myself, I'm hoping to feel pride, but also... I'm hoping to feel like the residents and go, oh, you know, I can feel a bit calmer and sleep in the winter now because we know we've got something in place. And what a reassurance that will be, what a weight off their shoulders to, to know that those things are there for them. Yes, I hope so. So to be a passionate volunteer then and a voice for your community, what sort of qualities do you think people need to have, Rachel? I, I think the main thing is probably um, listening skills because... I'm going. I'm going to have to, and I really want to, to go out there and and listen to the community, and and it's also making sure that I'm not forgetting those that probably aren't the type of people to want to shout, but they've probably got their own concerns about things. Um, so I'm hoping to meet, if not all, but most of the residents in the area, just to see if there's they've all got their their you know. Their, their own problems and their own concerns but if there's anything that the council can do to help then I think that will be a reassuring things uh, being open-minded some things you know some things that may be real concern to me may be silly to somebody else and, and vice versa but I think you've really got to take um, on board that you know everyone has a, a different feeling of what should be done and what needs to be done so I think you've got to consider everyone and I think another one is confidence. 
I think you've got to be a confident person to be able to go out there because I just feel that I've got to maybe not fight, but I've got to go out there and be uh, as outspoken as I can to try and get things for my community. So I think confidence in that is going to have to be there. Um, otherwise, maybe that if I'm ignored, the, the community is not going to get anything either. So, Yeah, it's that confidence, isn't it? To know that you're being a voice for everyone. Um, and do you use any skills that you've picked up in your career for your volunteering work, would you say? Definitely the communication skills um you you couldn't do my profession if you didn't have good communication skills so that's really good uh, and relating to others because obviously within my profession I meet a lot of uh, different people different backgrounds um so I think that's going to really help when I I, I meet the community because obviously they they're all going to be different um also I think understanding in my professional professional side I like to see people succeed and that's what I'm there for. I want them to be able to be successful in what they do and whether that's the qualifications or whether that's when they finish their qualifications and move on in life. Um, you do try to make sure that um, you're um, supporting them in succeeding what you want. And I think that's the same within the community. I want my community to be successful and I want everyone to succeed. So I think that's definitely something that um, I feel that my my job role will come into to, to the counselling. Do you think volunteering for Plaid combines the skills from your career and the passion you have for your community to create this sort of um, desire then to bring about change in the local community? I think so. I think after meeting um, a lot of members of Plaid, I can see that they have um, a lot of want to go out there and support people. Um, and that is what a counsellor is there for, as far as I'm concerned. I'm out there to support, to make sure that we're getting what the community needs. Um, so I think combining what uh, Plaid is trying to do with regards to, um, they're trying to push the free school meals again, my background is childcare, so that would be something that really that comes up for me. And obviously the um, free childcare places for two-year-olds, that's something that Plaid went into cooperation agreement with Labour. So they've been able to get a cooperation agreement with Labour and able to bring some things that Plaid would want to do anyway. So it means that really um, you're able to work towards the goals that they want, even though it's actually Labour government um, in place. So I do feel that, you know, they also very much for uh, youth services and centres, again, with my background in childcare, that would obviously be one of my focuses. So it, it sort of goes quite well with what Plaid want in their manifesto and, and what is already in my background and, and what I want. I know you mentioned before as well that it, it feels quite personal, like especially when having the votes having the votes counted in front of you and all that sort of thing. What what does that feel like? Because obviously, when it's a professional level, it's almost like you can kind of separate your personal life a little bit from it. But what's it like when it's you you're putting out there? I had really positive responses. Everyone was really nice who I spoke to, whether they were going to vote for me or whether they voted for someone else it didn't really matter it was the fact that they they were um positive in, in the way that um they wanted to speak to me and they were very nice about it they were very interested so that was really nice so that was 
that was all right. It's, it's quite strange when you're not used to it to go to someone's door and knock on the door and say, can I have a chat with you? Um, and also um, looking from a sort of political side, um, Plaid would want you to go, oh, see if, see if they're going to vote for you. Well, my sort of side was like, I'm here. This is who I am if you want to vote for me. So, um, yeah, it, it was strange. It was nice to have um, sort of applied coming back in, if you like. Uh, being part of the party, I feel a lot more uh, secure in my role that I'll have support there. Um, so one of my, uh, one of the other candidates, he's applied as well, but he's going to be for Taft as well. So it means that we can work together as well. And because I'm completely new to it, I'm completely new to any type of politics, completely new to counselling, um, to have that knowing I can go back to whoever I need to imply coming and go, I need a little bit of advice for this or what did you do in the past for this? I feel a lot more secure in my position because I think if I was independent, I wouldn't have that. So I don't think I'd know what I was doing, if I'm honest. Um, I would have to, it'd probably be a slow start. I'm a quick learner, but it would be a slow start. Um, so I think with that, it's they've applied has really given me support and confidence to say, yes, you can do it. So I think even though I was nervous at the count, I was not really sure whether how many votes I would get. Um, not, not a clue really. Have implied there has given me a little bit of confidence, and obviously they were thrilled for me when I was voted in. So that's nice. It's lovely to have that support, then, isn't it? When you're putting yourself out there to have, know that you've got people around you who you can go to and ask questions to is just. They were um, such a help because obviously I would have I had to do leaflets and things like that. So they were like, well, "What do you want to say? We'll put it together for you." We'll do, oh. um, and also the support from um, the community councillor Chris in in Taftswell. He he helped me and I helped him. So it's really nice to get to know people, even though I didn't even know if I if I get the position or not. But um, it was nice to get to know people anyway. And why do you think people should volunteer for a cause that they believe in? Well, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters what that cause is. It can be big, small. Um, there's a, I think there's a lot of things that, that people can do. I think when you talk about volunteering, a lot of people think, oh, I haven't got the time. You know, it, it takes all my time. Um, and I think sometimes it doesn't have to be that. Sometimes it could be, I don't know, supporting someone else to do it. <laughs> so whether that's a race or you're still supporting them. It could be a case of, you know, a few hours a week. And if we really think about it, a few hours a week, we've probably all got some somewhere of that spare time. Whether that's, I don't know, playing um, a game on the phone for an hour or whatever, we could probably give that up. I think as a person, as an individual, the skills, um, the knowledge, the confidence you'll get out of that is invaluable. Um, I mean, meeting new people that you probably would never have met, um, doing things you probably never have done. I never thought I would say I won an election. <laughs> that sounds really strange. Um, so, you know, you do get to um, realise that you benefit probably just as much, if not more, from volunteering than who you're volunteering for or with. Um, it it does give you that satisfaction. It also the confidence, I think. And I think a lot of people 
especially after COVID, where you were in your house not meeting new people. I think some people have lost that confidence and maybe that skill to approach people. Volunteers are always welcomed with open arms, no matter what you volunteer for. Um, and I think sometimes just taking that first step to go, I'm going to approach them or I'm going to try this gets it and then your confidence will grow after that I think it's just those first steps of realizing that as a volunteer everybody would like you doesn't matter what you volunteer for um and your time or your money or, or whatever you tend to do is invaluable to them so I would say yeah just try it because for for you you probably end up gaining more than what you're volunteering Okay, fab, wonderful. And the, my last question ties really nicely with that, actually, which is what advice do you have for anyone who wants to champion a cause in their local area? Um, I think the main thing is open your eyes. <laughs> I didn't, I lived here, i got to be honest, and I think it's like everybody, you go about your day-to-day, -day, you, I don't know, you notice the seasons going by and you notice it, you don't really look at your community. You don't really look at what could be needed. Um. It's little things like, oh, what what if we have planters? We, you know, we could have planters around. The children could um, plant something. You know, there's, there's councils then that will support that. So it's not always, you don't have to find the money for that. It's just an, an idea, an idea that can be hatched, that could be of benefit in some way to your local community. So I would say just... The main thing is to to look around. If you don't want to talk to people, that's fine. But listen, sometimes it's not always that you have to go up and say, hello, I'm, I'm so-and-so. You could just stand by and listen, just listen to what they want and what they need and think, ah, I've got an idea for that. Um, sharing those ideas. And it's not always easy to find the right people. And I think that's sometimes hard. But as I said, things like, planters or um you, you want a little group in your community to set up a little group whether that's a history group or, or something from your speak to your council because there are things there that they can help you with um so yeah i think the main thing is if if you want to do something in community your first thing is to take a look around and if you don't want to talk to people just listen um you'll you'll find out probably that you've got a lot in common with your neighbors